Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini, and this is the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast, episode 213. Ooh. It's pretty, we got a lot to talk about today, too. We're going to be talking about uh, Draft Day and <laughs> the indie film Filth. Uh, we're going to be talking about more revivals. Uh, we're going to be talking about... Um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, High. We'll yes, yes. We're going to get some insight. And we got, we got a great guest, too. We're about to introduce him. Um, so, uh, let's, what do we want? I want to thank mm-hmm. uh, everybody for everything. Yeah, that's wow. <laughs> that's going to take a while. No, uh, <laughs> sorry. We've been doing, the whole world just went, you're welcome, Graham. Thank you. Um, no, uh, just all the stuff we've been doing with earbuds has been a blast. And everyone that's... The footage been, is great. The footage has been great. Um, we showed uh, Keith Blomberg put together a little scissor reel. He does this thing at that crazy house that they live in called mm-hmm. his, with his company called Stoops. And people just bring short films. There was some really funny stuff that was really cool to see. Um and uh, he introduced me as the only adult at the party. So that was nice. <laughs> Which is probably the first time you've ever been introduced that way. I've ever been way. introduced that way. I'm usually the problem at the yeah. party, not the adult. Um, so uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And uh, you know, we went up to the the Brewing Network, and mm-hmm. and uh, Justin Crossley, who runs the Brewing Network, was really cool. Opened up and let us interview in his studio. And it was a whole new world we got into with the homebrew people. Beer world. Beer world. It was a whole new, a whole new circle of nerdy. Like it's, I was just like, this. These guys need to be on Dork Forest. Have you ever heard <laughs> of the term homebrew nerd before? No. Yeah. Well, I think homebrew that exists. Nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that exists. If, if, if that's a thing. Exist. Yeah. Uh, they were great, and then we interviewed um, a longtime fan <laughs> of the show, uh, Jason Christian. Uh, who lives up in Northern California, the Bay Area, and uh, for the bo- documentary, and it was awesome because he was one of the people who um, was, you know, on Twitter during the Kickstarter, and he was talking to me about how panicked he was. How, you know, I love <laughs> how panicked he was? Like, oh my god, I know. we almost <laughs> lost it. Um, and then uh, we just did Will Anderson yesterday, which was which was great. You know, shout out to all the Fofop fans who. Donated to his T-shirt because he Will Anderson put in five grand and so he sure did. It was I awesome. Mean, and it was we because, ma- we got to the goal. With yeah, that, because with Will's of that. help. So yeah, it was, well, definitely with Will's help and all the faux fop fans. And hopefully, we'll get to meet many of you in Australia. Yes, we're trying to set up fan interviews in Australia in Sydney uh, for Sunday, June first, from noon to four or five. We're working on a location. Will's going to mm-hmm. help with that. Um, so uh, you know. Maybe we'll get one of the comedy clubs in Sydney or something mm-hmm. like that. So that's been awesome. Or we'll um, just do it in the Outback by a kangaroo. Well, yeah, that's next to Sydney. <laughs> yes. Dr. Geography. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just watch out for the Crocs. Right, right, right. Now, now, now Sydney, uh, that's right next to Hawaii, right? Right, that's yeah, a, exactly. Right off the uh, Oahu mm-hmm. coast. Um, so, And they have, um, yeah, they have sea monsters there, too. <laughs> of course, there's sea monsters, Chris, and hobbits. Um and then uh, no, we, they're in New Zealand. We did. A, they are in New Zealand. We did uh, great interviews over at uh, Nerdist with Chris Hardwick and our guest. We interviewed. Uh, so let's introduce him to the show. Um, a podcaster, former roadie. Is that no, right? no, not no. roadie. You worked musician, for the, musician, yeah, musician. I'm roadie. Sorry. What an asshole! What an I am. Jeez. So, what an yeah. What a dick. <laughs> I, so I call like a director. You were a PA, right? Yeah, you were a grip, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Dean Delray. How are you guys? Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm. St- I correct me on on your musician backgrounds. So yeah. tell me. I played I'm... music 25 years. Uh... But now, just to clarify, you didn't carry your own equipment. 
No, uh, <laughs> I did most of the time. Oh, did you? <laughs> so <laughs> technically, Graham's right. Well, yeah, roadie, uh, musician slash roadie. It's funny because uh, the term roadie it is so, I love it because it's so 70s. There was a movie called Roadie. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. But, um, you know, somewhere along the way, you couldn't call uh, people stewardess, it's oh. flight attendant, and then roadies were like, I'm a tech, man. Uh, I'm a guitar tech. I'm a drum tech. It's like, nah, man, you're a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what were some of the bands you were in? Uh, well, uh, I was uh, when I first started playing music, I was in a metal band called, uh, kind of metal rock called Ghost Town. Kind of Aerosmith meets uh, uh, GNR, you know? Mm -hmm. And then later, uh, a band called Tulane Blattop, which Linda Perry signed uh, nice. from Fort on Bonds, who's a huge songwriter now. And then I went solo, Dean Del Rey record. That was the last record I made, um, which was, I think, right around 99. And then after that, I stopped playing music. And then I uh, then I was uh, working for the Stones. I wasn't roadieing though. I was like a, a VIP host for their parties for their VIP guests. Were you a VIP tech? Yeah, a VIP tech. <laughs> yes, I was a very important tech. <laughs> what does that job entail? Working for the Rolling Stones as a VIP? Uh, well, you would uh, play music for the parties and show their high end guests uh, a good time, and sometimes take them on tours of the towns, oh, uh, cool. cities that we were in or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, it was just kind of a host. I did that for like four years. What was that like? It was uh, mind boggling. You know, I went, uh, I've been around the world and once you travel with the stones, you know, ah, I don't need to play music anymore because it's <laughs> the highest it's going to get and no one's going to get there anymore. You know what I mean? I mean, you get used to four seasons hotels mm -hmm. and uh, first class and, business class and you go this is right <laughs> you know what I mean and Tokyo Dome 80,000 people you're like wow it's a lot of years though you know and great songwriting and uh, a different era I don't think bands are going to get that big anymore right we're getting to an end of it uh, once the legends are gone so will be I think the arenas and unless you put like five bands together right that'll know? equal one U2 Exactly. I mean, you, you got the big ones like Stones and Springsteen and uh, U2 and, and, you know, the rest are, are, are going away, you know. Um, and then below that, you have like Metallica can do it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, what's Pearl, Pearl Jam, but they don't even Pearl Jam can do it, too. Yeah. Um, you know, those are bands that are still can do it for another 10, 15 years, you know, but. Below those guys, there's not anybody like, what are you going to do? Go see The Muse 10 years from now? Yeah. You know, I mean, they're a good band, but you're not going to be like, The Muse is playing Staples 10 years from now. He's <laughs> not going to do that. You need generations of fans. Right. So with The Stones, you got the guys, they find them in the 60s. They have kids. They find the bands from their parents, and then now they're old enough to turn their kids up. You well, know that's what? what I, that, when I went to see Pearl Jam, that's, that's, I've heard the exact same, it's that same thing. thing. Yeah. It was it was a bunch of guys our age yep. who grew up listening to Pearl Jam when we were in our twenties, mm -hmm. and then they were a lot of them. Then had their like twelve year old kids at yeah. the concert, right? Yep. You know, or the people who who found them ten years later. Yeah, you know, yep. like because I remember I found when I was in high school and college, I found 
that's when I found like the Stones and yeah. bands from the '60s and '70s that I was too young to watch. Yep. Yeah. They. I well, when I went to see Page and Plant at the Hollywood. That Bowl, was incredible. It was amazing. It was incredible. And I, exact conversation happened behind me. Uh, this kid was saying, "Is like, yeah, my mom went to see Led Zeppelin. Now I'm watching Page and Plant with my mom. Yeah. You know, it's well, it's amazing. Well, it comes down to good songwriting. Yeah. If you don't have uh, good songs you're not going to have generations of fans. If you have one good song, it you know, you can you can work that for years, but you can't work it to generations of fans. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Oh, remember that song? It's great, but it's not going to but when you have multiple records that are incredible. And I'm talking with the Stones for me from 68 to 81, you have some of the best music, some of the best music ever made. You know, you got Exile in there. You got Beggar's Banquet. You have, um, you know, even Tattoo You, which I love, which is the last great record, I think. Um, There's so many songs that are going to affect people, you know? So you've got a a wider spread of people, Hmm. you know? What what, what was some of, like, some of the crazy... I mean, you were telling me a little bit about it when we interviewed you for the documentary, but some of the, like interactions you had with this doing this stones vip thing like uh you know when you're working with the stones and they're going to a city whoever's big in that city is at the shows at the vip you know backstage or whatever so you're seeing people that you can't believe that you would never see like i met jeff beck when i was in london that's a guy you would never ever meet like in LA, you'll meet your your standard sure. rock stars, a Gene Simmons or mm-hmm. or somebody floating around, maybe an Alice Cooper or whatever. But, but like Jeff Beck, you know, you're you're seeing guys that you can't believe. And I met Scorsese at the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, must yeah. be filmmakers what was that go like? too. And that was incredible. He filmed that concert. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That concert Sh- film, Shine a Light. Shine a Light. Shine yeah. Light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I also met Ed Bradley before he passed. I'm a huge 60 Minutes fan. Wow. Um, so I met people that I really, really respect. Were and, you there when they were shooting Shine a Light? Uh, Shine a Light, I wasn't there because they shot it at the Beacon, and it was one of those things where you had to stay at your hotel. There's just fire marshals. There's so much gear in there and stuff. Oh, okay. So I really didn't know what happened. My buddy went. He was out on the road with me. He bought a ticket, actually, to go. But it was uh, one of those things that you couldn't really uh, you couldn't really get into, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but to meet him, you know, like, I mean, Raging Bull is, I think, one of the oh. top five films ever made. Well, yeah. And I mean. <laughs> you know, Taxi Driver. The, but, the, the, those movies, like, we were talking about it again before the show, and it's a book I've mentioned a million times, but Easy Rider's Raging Bulls yeah. is one of those books. And it defines that era of the stones that you just talked about, 68 to 81. And all the it movies. Was a, it was almost like parallel development. It was yeah. like you have the stones here, and you have this this kind of similar vibe to it but in the movie business but well, it's, that's it's, what I why, it's why shine mm-hmm. a light is so amazing because mm-hmm. you're it's like these two icons doing a pro it's like an yeah. icon filming an icon <laughs> like yeah. it's amazing it's why shine a light is, a, is just a phenomenal documentary well i mean scorsese uses the stones in every movie this is the first film i think he didn't use the oh, stones wolf of wall street wolf of wall yeah. street which by the way I think is one of the greatest Scorsese films uh, in the last 20 years because he didn't do the Scorsese. 
you know? Mm. I think he fell into that thing of like, okay, uh, it's a period piece. You wear these outfits, we play some stone songs, and right. y- you know what I mean? This movie felt, although it is a period piece, it didn't feel like, oh, we're the... 80s other than the quaaludes right but it felt like just a fantastic story i was lost in the story more than i was the costumes and outfits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the cocaine you know or um that's a good good point uh, yeah scorsese jonah hill's teeth yeah (laughs) jonah hill was unbelievable in that film but he played against type too which was great yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's. Uh, we well, want to move so, on. We got another question. Well, let's. let's okay, now, what's your podcast now? Tell our fans what your podcast. My podcast is. called "Let There Be Talk," and it's. Uh, <laughs> I played music for twenty five years, and then I started doing stand up comedy. And over those twenty five years, I I met a lot of musicians who have become great friends of mine. And I thought it would be cool to have them on. We just shoot the shit. And then at the end, I ask them if they ever thought of doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> because a lot of guys that play music are funny. Uh, like I said before uh, to you, Jacob Dylan, one of the funniest guys I've ever met. You would never know it, but he's fast, funny. You know, uh, musicians are funny because they need to entertain themselves while they're out on the road. It's long and boring. In between the gigs. Also you know? very similar to comedians. Well, it's always funny. Comedians <laughs> want to be musicians, and musicians want to be comedians. That's correct. John Belushi always wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. uh, hence the Blues Brothers. Yep. Uh, and the drug overdose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, uh, all the big comedians. I don't think Louis C.K. wants to be a musician, no. but I know Mark Maron loves to play guitar. Adam and, Sandler has a band. Yeah. 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 It's fun, man. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when you're a comedian, you need an escape, you know? And when you're a musician, you need an escape, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, we have, and, and we have very, you know, friends of mine, they're musicians, you know, we have very, we understand each other because we all know what the road is like. They all do something right. different, too. Like, there's always a comedian or a musician always does one other thing, like whether it's not, uh, maybe it's painting or just yep. some other creative outlet that yeah, you always Yeah, Bob Dylan's see. a painter. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. always, there's always one, at least one other artistic kind of thing that they throw themselves it's into. It's true, it's true. You, uh, I think uh, artistic people have a few different fires uh, going at all mm-hmm. times, you know? Oh, cool. And then your podcast, you just interview these friends of yours about... That's correct. That's how it started. And then it just kind of blossomed into uh, really like a... a, a I like to th- think of it as like good shit. I just talk about what I think's good because it's so hard to get the good shit out there. If it's a good film, a good record, mm-hmm. uh, a great store I love, uh, whatever, I talk about that stuff because mm-hmm. uh, we need those things to thrive. Yeah. Yeah. Or they go away and we're just hit with uh, some severe shit. <laughs> you know? Speaking of severe shit, do you want to start? Let's get into it. You want to do <laughs> draft day? Okay. All right, then I'll I'll do filth. Go ahead. All right. So I went to see draft day, mm-hmm. um, and I knew. Thank I was, you, by uh, the way. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to see this movie because I like football. Yeah, yeah. And I knew I was like, I, I've seen every football movie I think ever. Wasn't going to be a completely hard sell for you. No, to go I was see like, it. I'll go see this, and of course I saw it at my favorite theater. The dine-in movies where you sit in the the recliner, the lounge chairs, the lounge chairs, Pasadena one. No, I went to the one in Marina Del Rey. Gotcha, love it. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I know I got to see Draft Day. I was like, boom, let's do it. We just finished shooting Will Anderson. I was like, I'm going. Um, So, you know, this movie obviously had 
I don't even know if maybe the NFL produced it, but at least had their permission because it's all NFL stuff, which is great. They made up names of draftees. They weren't talking about real players. They didn't use real coaches or anything like that, um, which was probably the NFL like, yeah, you can't. You know, you can't bad mouth since guys. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't want you bad mouthing this coach or whatever. So they, they, so, and are there some cheesy moments in the movie? Are there some moments that are ridiculous? Of course, but it's still, I don't know. It's still a football movie Mm -hmm. and they're in the war room on, it's, it's 12 hours. The movie takes place over to its draft day and all the wheeling and dealing. And you know, Frank Langella plays the owner. Does it feel like NFL down? Like it's like Black Hawk Down with like no it's Black Hawk Down. This is a pretty the, good movie. Yeah, uh, this is not that. It's it's yeah. uh, it's it's entertaining. You know, if you like football, you'll watch mm-hmm. this. If like uh-huh. if you have the NFL Network on your satellite or cable and you watch that network, just no matter what they play, yeah. you'll watch this because yeah, yeah. it'll probably be there in it's, another two weeks. Yeah, if not, yeah, if not within by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and then they get the actual ESPN and they get Rich Eyes and they get the NFL Network and the ESPN guys talking like it's actual draft day. And then you can tell they filmed actual Radio City Music Hall on draft day. So they got all this great, the fans who get all crazy on draft day and they show they cover that buzz well and then they intercut obviously stuff they shot with Chris Berman talking about these fictitious ball players. Um, but it was just like, you know... I didn't care. I had a good morning. Like, it was just like I'm sitting there in my recliner yeah. eating, and uh, yeah, that's what this movie's all. If you don't care about football, don't you're not going to go see this. You know what I mean? Like if you're like, I don't like the. You NFL. know, I, I'm noticing a pattern too. Whenever you go see a movie in that movie theater, I like it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely you're definitely a little more generous <laughs> with totally it. That's because he's eating and <laughs> yeah. the film's the oh, second part. It is. Of it. Yeah. My yeah. feet are elevated. Yeah. It's like you're getting a massage. <laughs> I've been on my feet all day or sit, you know, just in uncomfortable. Is it 25 bucks to get in? It's 15. Oh, that ain't bad. It's 20 on the weekends. Right. It's 15 at night during the week, and it's like 13 if you go during the day during the week, which isn't bad. And the right. food's reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, how, I mean, did, like, uh, how did the actors do it? Did they ham it up, or was it No, no, no. Actually, you know, Jennifer Garner mm-hmm. um, played, you know, this, like, uh, she her job was in charge of salary cap. Mm-hmm. So that's a big issue on draft day, and that's part of the whole the 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 whole puzzle chessboard yeah. of numbers um, game. The numbers game, and she was great, and she's dating Kevin Costner secretly, and they put this backstory of Kevin Costner's dad was the longtime coach of the Cleveland Browns, oh, yeah. and and so his family's in it and stuff, and so they all these actors did a good job, and they like like. Um, Sam Elliott plays. He's great. He just plays one of the coaches, and he just does a phone call. Yo, Sam Elliott talking about. You know what I mean? And he's. Oh no, he was a college coach, and they call him to get info on this potential number one draft pick quarterback. Right. And, Some inside info. Yeah, and he's like, "Let me tell you what about this quarterback. He's got. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like Sam Elliott in a, in a coach's uniform. Like, I love him in mask, man. Oh, he's. I could listen to Sam Elliott do anything. Yeah, he's great, right? I keep thinking of him in. Uh, wasn't he in uh, Roadhouse? Yeah, he's yeah. great in Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. great. I think in, in any other movie, I'm like, I think he's gonna go. Kick he's somebody. really good yeah. on that car <laughs> commercial too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Four trucks. Yeah. Oh, whatever, you know, whatever truck it is. Hurts like a bitch, don't it? 
Yeah, whenever his voice comes on, you go, oh, fucking Sam. Yeah. Like, how yeah. much money do you yeah. need? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's people that have very distinct voices. You're like, yeah. even when they're on a commercial, oh, obviously. And he probably just yeah. said, you know, when they call him and go, okay, I'm recording it, though, at my ranch. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. not going okay. anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Pro Tools, yeah. here you go. I'm emailing you an MP3. Send the check. Yeah. <laughs> Put the check out to my attorney. Yeah. <laughs> so probably, he probably has some like, send an unmarked bill. In a, yeah, yeah, in a, yeah. Unmarked bills. In a brown paper bag. <laughs> have it delivered by pack mule. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you saw, I did a football movie with Ice Cube called The Long Shots. Yeah. Yeah, it's a true story mm-hmm. about the first girl ever to play Pop Warner football. And when you do a football movie, uh, no matter what football it is, Pop Warner, a girl, you know, whatever, uh, you can tell, like, if I'm somewhere and somebody's seen it, it's always that guy that's the football freak, you know, like, hey, long shots. You know what I mean? And you look, he's just got, like, a pizza. Yeah, and a a beer and helmet, you know. Yeah, and you're like, I'm at the supermarket. You know what I mean? They always look like the football guy. You know, they got the the jerseys on and stuff. Because I think it's smart because they're releasing it right around the NFL draft. Built-in audience. Built-in audience. Uh, Absolutely. And I would probably say a lot of, like, diehard football fans aren't necessarily guys that are like, oh, I'm going to go see the new movie. Like, they're not no. going to art house movies. You know what I mean? They're, no, they're, they're football not going guys. to art house no, movies. No, not at all. <laughs> they're not like Scorsese. They're not talking about him in depth. They're just like, but they're like, football movie. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope this shows some roids charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Sam Elliott called to get the roid, the roid <laughs> report. <laughs> well, he did a little roids back in 79. <laughs> we'll keep that under the hush. So, yeah, if you're a football fan, go see Draft Day. And if you can see this where they serve you food in a comfortable chair, you're going to love this film. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. If I were to see this under different circumstances, I might be a little harsher on this film. If you're not a football day, go see Training Day, uh, an opposite of Draft Day. (laughs) It's a different kind of draft. uh, Still a rookie. (laughs) Oh, here's the one thing I have to hold on. Dennis Leary plays the head coach. Dennis Leary, awesome. He's he has his moments, and then there's moments where he's good, and then there's moments where you're like, you would never be a professional football yeah, coach, Dennis yeah, Leary. Yeah. You never in a million years. But it's like I, I forgave it mm-hmm. because this food was good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I should have seen this next movie in the same movie theater. Um, this, <laughs> this movie I saw was Filth. This is the indie movie starring James uh, McAvoy. Um, he's not in an X-Men movie. Now, first, before I talk about this movie, I want to say what an amazing actor he is. He's fantastic. Right. And he's really versatile. You've seen him in all these great movies, everything from uh, um, just like sweeping uh, period piece romances to um, comic book movies to kids' movies. He was actually in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. He played one of the uh, the characters. And now watching this movie, as the, immediately I was hit with, if you remember a movie with Harvey Keitel called Bad Lieutenant that came yeah, out a, a long time ago. Favorites. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of like, I think it was Scotland. It was, it was shot in uh, Scotland, if you yeah, check it out. So. Yeah, it was like a Scottish version of that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm on board. I'll start watching it. And then this movie went so completely off the rails. And the the reason it did is because this movie had no idea what it wanted to be. Like, okay, well, now it was shot in the UK. 
Okay, UK. Oh no, filming location Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, it was Edinburgh mostly Scotland. And the yeah, UK, all and it was one of those movies that one scene is like, oh, that's kind of really satirical and kind of funny. Then there's one scene, well, that's deep, heavy drama. Then there's one scene where, well, that's kind of redemptive. And now there's one scene where hallucinations, and now everyone has a monster head. So, you know, it's like it literally does all these different things in the movie. You're like, well, I don't even know what movie I'm watching. And Sounds like Fear and Loathing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fear, fear and Loathing, the cop movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and un- it was an unintentional Fear and Loathing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Fear and Loathing, like, no, this is what we want to do. Yeah. Whereas this one, it just felt like they're just throwing everything but the kitchen sink at you to show, like, how edgy and how, like... Uh, um, you know, how depraved this cop is. Because here's the description. A bipolar, bigoted, junkie cop already. That's a lot of adjectives <laughs> yeah, for, your, uh, <laughs> for your protagonist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Manipulates and hallucinates his way through the festive season, Christmas, in a bid to secure promotion and win back his wife and daughter. So it, it has all of those hooks in it and they never really go anywhere because you're too busy hallucinating or you know doing awful things <laughs> yeah you're too busy I'm like yeah you're too busy watching this movie i'm like all right well i don't even know what movie i'm watching i was hallucinating that i was watching a better movie <laughs> while this movie was playing you're hallucinating and, that you were in a recliner getting yes nice food. i was and now i this, this brings me so it's really his performance is good but it's also over the top and it's and it's not his fault because i'm sure that's the direction he was getting no go bigger and more ridiculous yeah. so no one can possibly relate to you in any scene. <laughs> That's why Harvey Keitel was so good in Bad Lieutenant, because yeah. it was so played down. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, what the and fuck? I, and I yeah. will say, there were a few scenes where that happened, where the, the movie did play down, and there was some genuine emotion because he is such a great actor, James McAvoy. But they're so few and far between, and they don't mesh with the rest of the Monster Head movie. You yeah. know, that it just it <laughs> makes no sense. It just it doesn't come together as a movie. Which brings me to another point that Dean and I were talking about before you got here, was uh, indie movies now. It's more and more difficult to actually find them in movie theaters, and it's more and more difficult now to get them made. And the reason is unfortunate because it should be the opposite right now because with on demand and all of the streaming and everything that we have available to us why are we not getting access to more great indie films because i'm looking at the on-demand selections i'm like okay well i can't get to the movie theater i can't find the indie movies i want to see why are these great indie movies not playing on demand like you were talking about fade a gigolo like what why was that not on demand so i could watch that this weekend right Uh, instead there's like a small selection of the indie movies that not as many people want to see. They're just not as good. The quality isn't there. So I'm really hoping the industry starts to go the other direction where those good, great indie movies, we can catch them on demand over yeah. the weekend. I'll pay 10 bucks for them, whatever. It's fine. But the selection right now, uh, I mean, Mark Cuban's trying to, he's trying to push that forward, but it's just not enough. I mean, the selection for on demand is not enough right now. I think also it's uh, indie films, if it's a great film, Man, you really, really have to be up on like, uh, like I go to the LA Weekly every week or something. You have to research if them. If you yeah. don't, yeah, man, it's like rock and roll. There's yep. a lot of great bands out there right now. A lot of people go, there's no good music anymore. I go, no, no, it's just like you're an adult and you don't seek it out anymore. Same with indie films. Uh, I grew up in San Francisco. I would go see all, they, they played indie films like crazy. And yep. I saw some of my favorites, you know. Uh, drugstore cowboy, oh, yeah, you right. know. There's a film this guy did, a series Seven Up, and then it was like fourteen yeah, yeah. And up. Those kind of films I saw growing up, um, and I found those from the SF Weekly. 
Right. And I find that if you see a good film, an indie film, you must tell people. Uh, it's got to be grassroots of word of mouth, like uh, like you know, old rock tape trade. No, or it's something. it's one of the great things that we've from doing this podcast that I've truly loved is two things. We found indie movies and told our fans about them yes. and then they write back and go, oh man, thank you. And yep. the movies the fans have recommended to us. And exactly. then we've, we've sought out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You okay. have to support that. If you don't, it goes away. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the shit rises up. Like I said, if you go, hey man, you've got to see Faded Gigolo. Then the guy goes, all right, I take your right. word for it because you like good films. Now Faded Gigolo, is that going to be, do uh, you think there's a marketing campaign? Will that be on buses? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. You can see that fading gigolo fly by when you're waiting yeah. for the 704. American Gigolo was, yeah, yeah. I which I think is a fantastic film. If you uh, Did you guys ever I see that? Nah. Richard Gere. This is a great film, man. It's such a twisted thing, a plot, you know? But uh, see that. It's a classic, 80s classic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. But like Fading Gigolo is directed and written by John Turturro. Yeah, well, I told and it's you like, I love him. Wouldn't you want to, I, there, I'm, I don't need to know anything about it. Don't yeah. even tell me the title. You just say yeah. written and directed by John Turturro. I want to see what he does as yeah. a director and uh-huh. writer, for sure. Well, he did a movie. Are you on his IMDb? Yeah. It's uh, after um, Do the Right Thing. He did a movie he directed. It's about three brothers. Their father owns a construction company and passes away, and they take it over, and John's kind of like the oldest brother, and he—it's kind of like a. What year was it? It's like a guy's name, like Mac. Mac, that's it. You have to see this movie. That was the first one he directed, and it is fantastic because he's basically running this construction company in Jersey. His two brothers are losers, and that's a great film. God, that's he, all of I our never, fans are now writing these. Right, down. I'm like, writing I, I, yeah, I didn't hear about Mac. Mac. Yeah, Mac know. is great. And uh, Mac also, came out in 1992, and John Turturro wrote, co-wrote it, and directed it. For John movies. Turturro, to me, I talked to you about it. Is like Philip Seymour, where before Philip, of course, before um, uh, the, the one, what was it? Uh, where he plays the the writer. Uh, you know, he wants Capote. Say, Capote before Capote. <clears throat> you know, he's in uh, Boogie Nights. You know, he's does. He's one of those guys you go, oh, that guy again. That's how John was. Mm-hmm. And he worked a lot with Spike Lee. But I love him and Do the Right Thing. He's incredible in Jungle Fever and oh, the candy store scenes. He, he's he, The guy is spectacular. Dude, watch him in Rounders. Yeah. Like, Miller's Crossing. Miller, oh, yeah, yeah. God, you know, Miller's, mm-hmm. uh, and also, I was just at the Sunset Five, which is my favorite theater now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they redid it. It's um, for it's Sundance. A Sundance. Now. Yeah, yeah. I love this theater. They have great seats, sound, and they serve pizza. Did, did they redo the uh, seats? And oh stuff? my god! Oh, really? dude, this okay. place is spectacular. You got to be twenty-one to get in. I love it. No kids. They serve booze. The sound is great. I saw Sound City there, which was my favorite movie last year. Uh, which is the documentary on the recording studio in Van Nuys. Oh, but yeah. huge seats, yeah. great sound, and fantastic uh, employees there. But anyway, I was there last night, and I saw a poster for a movie with John Turturro and Philip Seymour. I guess it's a new movie, I forgot, that's out next week. Which Are you I- talking about God's Pocket? Yeah, that's it. Have you seen it? Uh, no, but I actually... I saw the poster for it last uh, night. I'm gonna, we'll talk about that next week. That's... Um, uh, it's a story set in Philadelphia, and it's actually I read. I saw the trailer for this. I read yeah? the book twenty years ago. Wow! I, the trailer for this is like gripping. 
I mean, obviously the fact that it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's probably last movie, yeah. which is just tragic, but it's <laughs> it looks great, yeah. and it's about. I have it. In, I have the book in the house oh, right now because it was a going away present. I'll, I'll talk to. <laughs> when I, I think was Philip Philly. in uh, Almost Famous is it's flawless. His role as the uh, you know the 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 head oh, writer. Oh, that made you think you were cool. You yeah, were cool. yeah, 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 man. God, we're not, I'm always home. I'm not cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and when he's telling him, he's telling him, okay, what? Listen to this album or whatever. He's giving yeah. him the education. Yeah, yeah. And when he said, they're not your friends, man. Yeah, and yeah, they want you to think so. But his, I read this thing. I, I love Philip Seymour. He blows my mind. But I read this thing where he wanted to play that role different, but he had started on shooting day at like 114 temperature or something for like four days he was dead sick so he played it all like burned out and mellow oh my god <clears throat> that was, that was one which of was perfect perfect because had he been all like no nah, well, yeah nah. yeah like no man we're not cool you know like a, a dj yeah. or something it would have been wrong it was so great because yeah. he's just by like he's calling this old sage dude in this like dirty rock studio yeah. dungeon or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. he was just all he's been doing is listening to vinyl and typing you I know what i mean and smoking yeah. cigarettes like that's, that's it <laughs> it's probably gonna be remembered as probably cameron crowe's like best it's, film well, I absolutely because so. yeah, it was so personal and it's such a story that resonated first of all with him so much because yeah. it's you know partially it's his story um, I think that's like, because when you see all the ways he incorporates music into his movies, yep. but the fact that he incorporated music into a movie about his own life, about music, you're not going to get that perfect like storm ever again. it's Hudson's best films. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then she went on this... A terrible run. I know. Just you know, The thing about Almost Famous, and a lot of people don't know, I played music all my life. When you see it, as I see it, I go, man, I kept waiting for him to fuck up. Like, ah, that doesn't happen. This thing is so real deal all the way through. Really? And it's because they had Peter Frampton yeah. as a, like, a, you know, advisor. And also uh, his wife at the time was Nancy Wilson from yeah, Art. Yeah. Uh -huh. She wrote the groove. So that Fever mm -hmm. Dog sound mm -hmm. song sounds so real. It sounds like a bad company song. It's like, yeah. Fever! I know, when they do that, at, at first I was like... Was it this was a, a real band? You can't believe yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah. They look like bad company. The yeah. clothes, even the clothes, they got them from the guy. And, even uh, when they were North fighting Beach about the album cover. That's you know? it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the thing about that film is uh, I always look at uh, Philip Seymour. I look at Mark Marin as my Philip Seymour because I'm new at comedy, and I'll call him and be like, yeah, man, I mean, I just don't know. And he'll be like, yeah, man, just fucking do it. Who cares if you bomb, man? You know, like, Marin's my Philip Seymour. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, oh, and Marin was in that movie. Lock the gates! He's yeah. at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. When he's like, you're not getting out of here! And they go, you want to buy a gate? And they smash that <laughs> fucking bus through there, yeah. you know? I love it, man. It's so great. <laughs> well, let's talk about a film, actually that you just saw at a revival. Was it at the Sunset Five? It was, was at the Arclight. At the Arclight. Yeah, they, Arclight runs a fantastic series um, where they'll run classics, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is really cool. 
I don't care how many times I've seen The Godfather, if it's at the Dome, which it was last it's week. It's a different experience. We just talked about it. I saw Singing in the Rain yeah. in there. It's amazing. The, God, I, yeah. I, the first time I, and this is one of the things I loved about when I first moved to Los Angeles, is I went, oh, this is the film town. This is yes. Hollywood. Yeah. Absolutely. All these movies I had only seen on VHS because I was too young to watch them in the theater. I saw on the big screen. I saw Apocalypse Now for the first it's, time. It's That's a, a, one of the, I can't even get it out how great that film is and a big screen it's like you get lost in it the godfather when they re-released this back in the 90s i saw godfather one and two at the chinese theater it's, uh, you, oh. you see it at the dome or the chinese it's you're just unbelievable like, you're you feel like you're watching art and opera at yeah. the same, like you yeah. just want to weep. And history, too. And history. Yeah, because yeah, you, you feel like you're brought back to the time when that movie originally played in the movie yeah. theater. Like I well, saw, yeah, you've, at the Chinese theater, yeah. especially. Yeah. And, the Chinese is a cathedral yeah. to cinema. Yeah, yeah. It is a cathedral. Man. Like when I saw, I think the first revival movie I saw out in LA was Lawrence of Arabia at the Dome. And I was just blown away by it because it was a restored print, too. Yeah. It was when they actually meticulously went and fixed like every frame. It was unbelievable. It's interesting because I, I worked with Tarantino. I did a, a movie called uh, Hellride, mm-hmm. which was the third in the grindhouse that no one saw. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Here you are, like every time I do a movie, I go, "All right, shit's gonna change." Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Tarantino won't show his films at the Dome. He loves the Chinese mm-hmm. uh, on the premieres because he doesn't like the pitch of the mm-hmm. they the the screen at the dome's kind of angled. Uh, that's what I heard he said. But when you're at the Chinese and you're seeing Godfather, or whatever, I feel like I'm at the premiere. Like uh, imagine what it was like. Oh, you yeah, see those yeah. photos of the Sunset Strip, all the people, they dressed up. It was like the huge stars. When you yeah. walk in and see the handprints. You're walking through Hollywood yes. history. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're just like, Oh, there's Marilyn Monroe's footprint and signature. Yeah. And you're just like, you get chills because you're like, and then, of course, there's some junkie dressed as Superman. Yeah, 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 right? But that's part of Hollywood to me. That's part of the, uh, yeah. And, you know. Part of the charm? Like, I love movies so much, the classic films, like, you know, like Cuckoo's Nest, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think of the Chinese theater when I think of these films, because when you're there, you can see some of the premiere photos, Mm -hmm. or if you go online, you know? Same with the the Arclight, they got those photos. (laughs) That was just making me laugh, because the last time I was in Hollywood, uh, with the kids with me, they wanted to see the auditorium. We're walking through and a Persian Spider-Man's yelling at everybody to, you take picture with Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, all right, so Dean, you just saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High. That's correct. Which, now, does it hold up? Oh, man. I mean, you know, it's first of all, when you see it, it's a heavy film. It has abortion. Yeah. It has, uh, you know, there's drugs, there's a ticket scalping, there's, a, you know, all kinds of real stuff going. You're going, man, this thing is gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does hold up because it's edgy. It's not cheesy. It's cheesy in some ways where you go, ah, ha. but in the other ways you go, man, this is the shit going on right now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the film for me is one of the most iconic films. I was in, I believe the 11th grade and i never ever forgot that film and <clears throat> i love spicoli and i also love damone 
the character of Damone, who's, who's the ticket scalper, who's played by a guy named Bob Romanus. What year was it? First 83, I believe. 82. 82. So I was a sophomore. Cameron uh, Crowe wrote, wrote the it. screenplay based it, on his book. He went back to school secretly as a senior. And, and you could never do this now, boy. You would be in so much trouble. The principal let him do a whole se- senior year to write this uh, book. And some of the stuff in the movie, I talked to Bob Romanis on my podcast. Uh, he said, guys would say, like, my five-point plan. He said, some guy said that, you know, wherever you're at, isn't this the greatest? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. always order for the girl. The lady will have linguine and clams and a Coke with no ice. He said a guy spat that out. Five point plan, and Cameron wrote that down, <laughs> and it's one of the iconic scenes in the film. And now, then when he, they're sitting there arguing, like, "Oh man, I wish I got to work on that side of the mall." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> all, oh, "Man, she's so lucky that the pizza. We're over here, you know what I mean?" <laughs> now, here's a weird thing. I see the film in two eighty two. It changes my life because, in more ways than one, it represents California. The way I, I love California. To me, there's two states, California and New York. People right now, hey, fuck you, man. But um, it represents California so fierce. It's rock and roll. It's surf. It's uh, OP shorts back Yeah, then. yeah, the 80s. You can smell the sun, you know. And the hairspray. Um, yeah, hairspray. <laughs> and as I see it, this guy, Damone, the character who scalps the tickets, had a huge impact on me. I just love the character. Fast forward... Last year, a buddy of mine goes, hey, I know you have the Fast Times movie. I, I saw one of the guys working at this coffee shop over in NoHo. I go, oh, which guy? I'm just figuring it's just one of the fucking yeah. extras. They, he's the ticket scalping guy. I'm like, no. Damone? I go, there's no way it's that guy. He goes, yeah, yeah. So I call the place called Bob's Espresso. And I call and I hear this on the other line. Yeah, Bob's Espresso. <laughs> And it's fucking his voice. Look, I got goosebumps right now. I was like, I was, I actually kind of hyperventilate. I've met huge stars. But to me, that's Damone. That's Damone. And he's like, you know, Bombs Espresso, can I help you? And my, um, hey, man, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Fast Times. I, I, I want you on my podcast. And he's all, what, what, you know? And I went down there and talked to him. And he came, did the podcast, and he told me insane stories. Like, and uh, well, one of them he said was Spicoli was like a method actor, uh, Sean, Sean Penn, Penn yeah. who was Spicoli the entire time. <laughs> of and course, that can, doesn't surprise right, me at all. <laughs> even Offset. So he said the funniest thing is Spicoli looks like a great guy on the screen. But at night after shoots, we'd go eat and he would still be Spicoli. And he goes, kind of an asshole. You don't want to be around. You're like, hey, get the fuck out of here, man. You know what I mean? Because he's still Spicoli at like the Olive Garden, you know, yeah. whatever they were at back there. Like, hey, hey, no, you know, no De Niro, Umaro Kuna, you know, whatever. He's, like, he's that guy. And you're eating dinner with him. He said, which is crazy. He said that uh, Spicoli rented an apartment right down the street. It was shot at this mall here, right by your house. The old the- Galleria. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And um, Spicoli had an apartment there. He was Spicoli and uh, pretty crazy. He also told me that there was a scene between Spicoli and Damone, which never made the movie. They wanted to get the two together. They were never together. 
and it didn't work. But, mm. you know, just some cool stuff. There's four people, I believe, that have won Academy Awards from that film. <laughs> You've got uh, Forrest Whitaker. Right. Uh, you have Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. You have... Um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's the one that shows her boobs the whole time, which, by the way, right now is doing a remake of Amityville Horror for the Weinsteins. I went to the set last week. Nice. Uh, they're making that. And then there's one other one. Uh, I can't remember who it is. It's not Judge Reinhold or Fe- No, it's not her. Somebody. But four. Judd, no, probably not Judge Reinhold. Ju- yeah. I'm not sure. But pretty crazy. Or maybe it's just three. But that's cool, right? Well, Cameron Crowe, didn't he? Cameron Crowe, yeah. Yeah, you oh, got to yeah. count him. There you go. Directed by Amy <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, right. That was her first movie mm-hmm. she directed. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, man. That's. Oh. But anyway, he owns the place, Bob's Expresso, on uh, Magnolia. And mm-hmm. he's there every day. He has an incredible photo of the cast now all together. Mm-hmm. You see all the guys in the movie. They all got together and did a photo. Well, he, I guess and he just got a plug for his espresso shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're going there for lunch. Yeah, yeah well, I think that sounds like, yeah, we should. We should stop by. We just talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. In Maybe there, we yeah. will, yeah. Tell him I sent you in, and he does yeah. open mic on Friday nights, which is fantastic. So there I am doing open mics at Damone's place. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? And, and uh, Bill Burr came down there, and uh, Bill's a huge fan and, and took photos with him. And then Bill did a, a tweet. I'm going to do 30 new minutes at this coffee shop. And there was like 200 kids outside trying to get in. No way. Yeah, and wow. like a flash kind of mob, one-hour tweet before the show. It was incredible about two months ago. So uh, I love this guy, and, and I hope I land a TV show to get him on. Just to he, hire him. He's working yeah. right now. He did some Cougar Towns. He's been working the entire time. Of course. And, and his life story will blow your mind. He was a, a singing waiter at some place in Hollywood that used to be singing waiters. Like, what will you have? You know, and the guys <laughs> discovered him. And Wow. Yeah. From see. Oh, I know the other Academy Award winner. It was Nicolas Cage. That's right. That's he's right. in it. Oh, and he's only he was supposed right. to be in it a lot. He's one of only Coley's buddies. That's yeah, right. And he's really only short. in like a yeah, minute. Yeah, yeah but mm-hmm. he was supposed to be in Eric big Stoltz is also That's one right. of the burnouts. Mask. Yeah. He's the oh. he's the guy too. No Man. shoes, no shirt, no dice. What about Mr. Hand, man. the ultimate, oh. right? He recently passed away, yeah. but what a great guy he is, man. And then that other creepy guy that played the scientist, uh, the the health doctor right. uh, teacher, he was always in stuff. <laughs> but what a masterpiece movie, man. Of, Watch uh, it. Watch know? it again. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. We have a sponsor for uh, this show. We want to take a little break and talk to you about our sponsor. Now, Mother's Day is coming up Sunday, May 11th. Now, it's very smart of sponsors to actually send us their stuff before we actually start doing the sponsorship because then we can actually um, uh, talk about it more intelligently about what they're offering. And they sent, uh, this is Sherry's Berries, and they sent us a bunch of strawberries, and they're amazing. They're really good. They're chocolate-dipped strawberries. There's chocolate, white chocolate, Nuts and right now for Mother's Day it's only nineteen ninety nine for I think it's like um, a half dozen and, and then you, you can up it for, yeah you can up it with because of us because of our coupon code you can double it for ten more dollars and the coupon code is just comedy film yes unless they've changed it to CFN <laughs> we've got no um, acknowledgement one way or the other they're so, busy dipping giant yes, strawberries into chocolate bef- <laughs> yes to send out to, to your mother. mother. <laughs> 
Those things are good, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember they, I advertised on my podcast for them, and I opened the door, and they were there. Yeah, they like sent chilled. them to you. Yeah, yeah. You, you eat one, and you go, oh, well, these are gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, they're gone. <laughs> your mom ain't getting nothing yeah. when they come to your house. <laughs> I don't know what happened, Mom. They just yeah. keep sending them to my what house. They, Sherry's gone berries. Yeah. <laughs> Here, they sent you an ice pack. That's weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's some chilled waters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really good though so you definitely uh, want to check them out and there's still time for mother's day and like i said there's they have all sorts of stuff on the site too you could actually get like the berries with like little tiny cheesecakes and cookies and all sorts of stuff oh, but the honestly the berries that that's the main course over there sherry's berries you, you want to get the berries yeah go to b-e-r-r-i-e-s.com now if you go and click on the microphone Are you worried people wouldn't know how to spell berries it, it's specific. They said you have to spell it out. <laughs> oh, the yeah. yeah, the well, sponsor they're, said they're you have to spell it out. B e r r y. Yeah, yeah. I know our audience is very intelligent. Okay. I'm just following the directions. All right, thank you. <laughs> so B l y n s. No, wait. Oh, see, they were oh, right. Oh no. B e r r i e s. B e r r i e s. Dot and then c o m. So click on the microphone in the upper right corner and type in Comedy Film or CFN. One of those will work, and you can double your order for just 10 more dollars. Berries.com. Double your berries. Do it. Double, double, your, double berries. your berries. Seriously. <laughs> double your berries. Why wouldn't you double your berries, Graham? Uh, I don't know, in case you're uh, dumb. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wish you guys had some now. <laughs> so do well, we. Chris ate them all. Yeah, yeah well, I have At a family. Terrible film, Phil. <laughs> you didn't soon, give them to your family. As you soon as they showed up, I, I, unfortunately, I opened them while the children were present. Oh. So they disappeared very quickly. It, <laughs> That's but they were supposed to send you your own set. Did you get yours yet? Yeah, I probably went to your house and you gave them to your That's kids. That's true. I did get two sets. Yeah, that you was asshole. Uh, <laughs> 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 but that was over the course of six months. <laughs> oh, so. okay. Oh, I don't know, kids. We got two. It couldn't possibly yeah, that be for could possibly Graham. For Graham, this makes no sense. Uh, we'll just have to eat them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Graham, all right. You're the worst. You're the worst. Um, all right. So coming out on DVD. Nope. You know what? I have to say, it's been a very lame few weeks for DVDs. I'm not Man. sure what's going on, but this would be a great time to release a good DVD studios. Are those uh, for still the last come out? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. now they're they're doing they're releasing. I mean, they say a DVD release, but they also do like digital download through right. iTunes and all that stuff right. like that. So it's just releasing a, the movie digitally and and DVD. And DVD. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a um, um, so Legend of Hercules. Now, the only thing you need to know about this DVD release is that it doesn't have The Rock and it does have Rennie Harlan. So that's yeah. all you need to know. Yeah, I saw the, a trailer for the Rock one. I'm yeah. gonna watch the yeah, shit course. out of that. Of course, it's, of course Why he's Hercules. Yeah. Isn't he Dwayne now? Yeah, now he's Dwayne Robinson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, well, because the WWF or whatever owns that. Oh, name. they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so now it has wow. to be Dwayne um, Johnson. But honestly, when anyone's talking about Dwayne Johnson, does it's anyone not say the Rock? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he should <laughs> just go with like uh, the Pebble. Yeah, something, something <laughs> similar. Yeah, just yeah. comedy, right? I'm the Pebble. I'm the Pebble. Bringing the hammer. And the next is Labor Day, the uh, Jason Reitman film that I don't know anyone who saw. It's this weird premise with uh, uh, Kate Winslet and um, I think it was Josh Brolin. Sure. Pl- played she the, get uh, naked in it? Yeah, that's possibly, right. Possibly, possibly. She, she gets naked in every film, right? <laughs> that's right. That's I her gig. See, yeah, I didn't see this one. What about that little um, children film? Whoa. 
Which one? That? That's the one where she uh, starts sleeping with the uh, neighbor, and it has that child molester living in the neighborhood who was played by the dude from Bad News Bears, Kelly Leak, uh, the character on the motorcycle. That's I one did the, not see Little Children. I'll tell you what, Little Children, uh, I think it won some Academy Awards. The, the guy was up for it. You remember Bad News Bears, the kid on the motorcycle? Mm-hmm. It was Patrick Wilson, Jennifer Connelly, Kate Winslet. This um, film is fin- and Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie oh, Earl Haley. Yeah, that guy's been having a renaissance, yeah, man. Yeah. You no, know I that guy's story? It's crazy, man. He did Bad News Bears and Breaking Away, which yeah, is a yeah. fantastic film. He does a bunch of movies. Then he has an awkward phase where he looks weird. Uh, like as a teenager, no one will hire him. He moves to uh, t- back home to Texas. He's a limo driver for his life. He picks up some director who's doing Little Children and goes, Hey, man. You were in Bad News Bears. And the guy's like, yeah, long time ago. He's like, I love you. I got a part for you. He gives him the part. He gets an Academy Award nomination and has been working ever since, whatever that is, 06 or whatever. Wow. Unbelievable. And the guy's phenomenal. He played Freddy in the Freddy Krueger remake. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was actually good, though. He's great in The Watchmen. He's great great in The Watchmen. He's amazing. But he's insane in this film. Insane. Oh. He plays a child molester who's released from prison that gets uh, put in this neighborhood. And so what's that name of that movie again, Graham? Little Children. Little Children. It's okay. insane. Sorry to interrupt. So check it out. Oh, that's a great oh, no, pick. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking great. So, and I actually, do we have time for a DVD pick, or I'll wait for this for next week? Do it. Do it. Okay, DVD pick. I saw Mass Effect Paragon Lost. Now, I don't know if you're a gamer, but I'm, um, a lot of our fans who uh, play video games, the Mass Effect series, it's a trilogy. There's three science fiction games, and they're unbelievable. They're the best video games I've ever played. And the reason they're so great is because it drops you in the middle of a science fiction novel where not, you're not just shooting aliens. You're creating alliances. You're making friends. And your decisions decide who of your companions and friends and who you establish romantic relationships with live or die. And those choices follow you through three games like when we play if we all played the games we'd have different experiences throughout the entire game and we would have different people survive with us and die through the entire thing and it's an unbelievable series and they made a um an anime movie to kind of like offshoot it a little bit kind of like a prequel to the third game and it's one of those things where it's too bad it's not very good (laughs) and one of the reasons is because the games are so good when you see like a a cheaper knockoff version of an anime that's like doesn't have very good detail the story's not as good the characters the voices none of nothing nothing is as good you're like well what's the point why just i'll just play the games i can get a much better experience than watching this half-baked movie and that's the case of what with a lot of video game movies but this one was kind of was the it, I saw the attempt there. The attempt was to expand the universe. This is kind of like, oh, you like the games, you like this movie that tells a side story in a different format, and it just didn't it didn't work out. Right. So it's too bad. But uh, the games are still amazing. All That's right. a, it's incredible that people make those games, man. I mean, how much? What's that one? Sky Cloud or whatever. Skyrim. Skyrim. Yeah. yeah. Those He's, scripts are thousands of pages long. Like how thousands. They, I, I mean, how? There's teams of writers that just work on certain sections. It's so tedious, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you got to be going crazy. It's they're, they're intricate and the stories yeah. and then the graphics and everything. It's, yeah, you feel like you're there. It's way mm-hmm. beyond making a movie, which is a lot of work. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. I mean, and then the game could come out and not even be a hit. Yep. And then you're mm-hmm. just, uh, well, back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy, man? Yeah. 
It's gaming yeah, yeah. is unbelievable. And it's yeah, and it's when a game hits, it makes more money than yeah, it's movies. Great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> than anything. Yeah, yeah. It makes more money than yep. anything. I can only I I'm sure it's online somewhere what the Mass Effect trilogy to combined is made, I can oh. only imagine. It's in the it's several five billion. You think it's so? That's probably crazy, overseas, right? probably something like probably. that. That's yeah. crazy, right? Someone's one of our fans is gonna email and let us know <laughs> with yeah. a link yeah. to show us. Yeah. <laughs> So. All right, coming out this week, <clears throat> Amazing Spider-Man 2. I cannot tell you how not excited I am for this movie. Yeah, I, I got to say, I, you know, I'm a huge superhero fan. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I love Spider-Man. That was the character I grew up on. Yeah. And this new direction of Spider-Man, just because Sony doesn't want to give the rights back to Marvel and Disney, is not the way I want to see my Spider-Man character. Especially I, I don't, in, I don't in like the it. shadow of how great the other Marvel movies exactly. have been. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, and how great the first two Spider-Man movies were. You like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? I, I like the first two. I didn't <laughs> like the third one. Yeah, I do too. I thought they were great, man. But mm-hmm. you know, the problem is they bring back these films too soon. So you're like, wait a minute, Spider. You know, well, because I, of the license. That's the reason. Yeah. If Sony, if Sony didn't make another Spider-Man movie right away they would lose the license back to Marvel. And, and, and that's what they're, they're doing. They're like, well, let's just make a mediocre movie so we don't lose the rights. Yeah. I didn't even that's go the see great this, way to shoot Superman, movies. you know, because yeah, the thing is they got into that <laughs> thing of like Batman, okay, uh, Christopher did Batman and he made him dark. And then all of a sudden everybody was like, well, we'll do the same thing with the other guys. We'll make a dark Spider-Man. We'll make a dark Superman. And that's the formula, you know? It's like, and no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work it doesn't because work. Batman was always dark. Batman yeah. is evil, man. He's it dark. He dresses the as a fucking bat. Yeah, not he works only, at night. It's a yeah. billionaire. Somehow that's greed. Yeah. Yeah, he's a half an inch on yeah. the other side of the Joker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's just yeah. that all, that close to being a bad guy. That's right. He is a bad guy. In, Remember in, in Dark Knight when he's, he's a vigilante. Looked, yeah. yeah. I mean, in Dark Knight, the graphic novel, Dark Knight Returns, he's looking at Two Face and he goes, What do you see? And he goes, A reflection. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love Christopher Nolan. I think Inception is one of the coolest films in the mm-hmm. last 10 years. And uh, uh, the reason I like that movie is everyone walked out with a different opinion of what happened at the end and everyone talked about it. I mean, everywhere you went, it was like, What do you think? You know? Which is a really rare thing with a movie, you know. Christopher yeah, Nolan, yeah. man, he's a very inventive director. Great yeah. guy, great, and, uh, great film. You know, yeah. Graham and I were kind of lukewarm on the movie, but it doesn't mean we couldn't like appreciate it. Like Which appreciate one? it more than like it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It's weird. I think it's one of those either you loved it or you didn't like it. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of elements about it. Like, there's no medium on that. Right. I yeah. loved it because I yeah. was like, we had a lot of fans that loved it too, and a lot of them were like, that was awful. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't yeah. think it was yeah. awful. I just the the ending I didn't like. Mm. Yeah, but again, and I'll and I'll say this, and I, I say this, we, we we say this a lot on the show about glad it got made, glad it got made, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Christopher, when a Christopher Nolan makes a movie that I'm not that into, yep. it's still really There's entertaining. Still interesting Absolutely. parts to watch. I don't, yeah. I didn't walk out of it like what a fucking waste of yeah. my time. No, no, yeah. Coen Brothers, uh, who do you think's the best filmmakers right now? I think it's Coen out of Brothers. the Coen Brothers. Which one? You'd have to pick <laughs> which, one. No, no, <laughs> I'm just saying like that are making like I mean that No Country for Old Men I think's best film in 20 years. They're for up me. there, man. For me, they're, man. They're, uh, it's, it's hard to narrow <coughs> it down to one, I would say. Coen Brothers definitely have an amazing streak. It's they like do. Coen Brothers and like Pixar. You see like some of these, you know, these these people that just don't miss very often. Yeah, it's right. amazing. Right. What was that one simple man? <laughs> wow. It was about the guys. Oh, the, the Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers living at home. 
He's daydreaming. He's fucking the neighbor. That's an. Oh, I don't think I saw that. You guys need to see some movies. I don't think I saw. I don't think I saw Simple Man. Stay out of these shitty movies. Go see the good stuff. We uh, was that the one they were about his father? It's so good, dude. It's so good. Yeah, that's the one I didn't see. Oh, you got to see that, man. Because it's uh, Coen Brothers are great because they'll make movies that aren't going to be mass uh, appeal. You know. That just blew my mind. They're like Spike Lee early. Films. You see the man who wasn't there. May, uh, what was that one? That, that was, was the black and white one with James Gandolfini. That's the only one I have. Uh, see, I knew I'd I catch know, one. Yeah, <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see that. Uh, also, I that didn't one I really see the liked. one with Brad Pitt right after. Oh, no Burn Country. After Reading. You know why I, I didn't, didn't see like that? that one. Yeah, because No Country was so good. I was yeah, like, yeah, that was almost like a palate cleanser. That yeah, movie right? after that. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't in love. True with Grit that movie. was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, Big Lebowski. All the films. Yeah. So, all right. So the other movie that is actually is on demand i checked is uh the protector 2 and this is the next uh, tony jaw movie mm. and the trailer looks amazing i mean he literally he martial arts fights a motorcycle in the trailer <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable it looks um, it looks great and it's uh muay thai right muay thai Mu- yeah. yeah muay thai yeah. so it's uh but it's tony ja, Ra- Riza, raza's in Riza. it Riza. and uh <laughs> But it's got like everything you want in a crazy martial arts movie. It's literally it's got um, you know crazy stunts, um, car chases, Tony Jaa, and, I'm in. yeah, yeah, and uh, um, femme fatales who fight with their hair. You know, every, all this ah, stuff. It's all it. in How there. Fight? It's in there. It's all there. <laughs> so um, you guys see Raid Two? Yes, uh-huh. a little long, but love yeah, it. about the same way. <laughs> Um, uh, all right. That's our program, yes. ladies and gentlemen. So I hope um, you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope uh, you enjoyed it as much as a giant, delicious chocolate-covered berry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we want to thank our guest, Dean Dover, for being on the program. Where can people find you, listen to your podcast, etc.? Uh, podcast on allthingscomedy.com um, or iTunes, Dean Del Rey. <clears throat> on Twitter, that's R-A-Y, at Dean Del Rey. And I'll be at the um, American Comedy Co. this weekend, San Diego, uh, with Jay Moore. Come down and see me. Oh, cool. And then Jay Moore on the 10th in Bakersfield at the Fox Theater. That's a great club, San Diego. God, it's so good, man. I love that downtown area. Gaslamp is great. You know, uh, every year I do a Comic-Con show there Mm -hmm. with the Death Squad guys. Uh, Um, And it's just incredible to see that whole area taken over Mm. by like uh, Luke Skywalker and you. (laughs) It's a great area though, man. It feels like New Orleans, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm down there. It's great. So thanks for having me. You guys are fantastic. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Instead of beads, it's nerds. (laughs) Instead of beads, it's nerds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's our show. Uh, I will be in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, uh, Saturday, May 3rd, and then uh, Downtown Zanies, uh, May 4th in Chicago, and then the Rosemont Zanies, uh, May 5th, and of course... We have May 7th. May 7th, our Comedy Film Nerds uh, Summer Movie Preview. Yeah, that's going to be a great show. With uh, Doug Benson. Yep, at the Hollywood Improv. Buy your Ho- tickets now. If you go to coupon, the tickets are 15 bucks. If you go to the Improv and use coupon code CFN, you get the tickets for 5 bucks. Wow, Come on, cool. 5 bucks yeah. to see us and Doug Benson? Sherry's Berries yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. show. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah, I'm seriously. helping you with the plug. Sherry's yeah. Berries! <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and I just saw, I think some other comics like uh, I think Will Anderson. Could you Anderson. sing b e r r i e s dot com? Yeah, yeah, b e r r i e 
Podcast.com. <laughs> Sherry's Berries. That's Axl Rose doing it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what heavy metal's all about. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Delicious berries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Backstage berries and mm-hmm. cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Um, yeah, so come on out May seventh, you guys. Will Anderson said he might stop by. Might be other some other special guests popping in oh, to talk about movies. And we have our uh, guest confirmed too. Our guest confirmed, so uh, he donated money to Kickstarter. He yes. gets to be on the show, mm-hmm. so he'll be on stage. Well, he's actually a VFX editor. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah so we'll be talking to him especially. Oh, about it's going to be a fun show, guys. Things. It'll be a you know, it'll be a ninety minutes of, of film nerdery. So, mm-hmm. and then they'll kick us out. And then they'll kick us out. <laughs> Get the fuck out! <laughs> Um, so thank you for being on the program. Thank you once again to our guest, Dean Del Rey. My name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.